0: You are still tuned in to Ubuntu Radio and myself, uh, with myself, of course, Vusima Upa and Sabelo Makubo. Uh, As promised, today's show is about uh, what's important in the country uh, in this year, uh, or rather this year, That's the election. So this year we have uh, both the provincial and the national election where you'll have a chance to cast your vote and choose who leads you. Uh, You put your future in their hands. So definitely it is a very interesting uh, year that we have uh, it comes, I think, once in every five years. And we're going to look at the state of readiness towards this uh, particular 2024 election. Uh, joining us on the line is, of course, Mr. Maui Tumosri, uh the Deputy Chief Electoral Officer for Outreach at the Electoral Commission of South Africa. Mr. mosre how are you?
1: Hey, good afternoon to you and uh, good afternoon to your listeners. We are indeed very well and looking forward to the busy year. Uh, the year of elections and 30 years of our democracy in South Africa.
0: Talking about business, I this week, I, I suppose, is a busy week. I mean, it has been a busy time for you <laughs> since last year already.
1: Yeah, it's certainly it's been... Uh, A busy time, almost every week, there's something else that we've been doing uh, or introducing. I mean, Mm. we started off in October introducing our campaign team. And then it was November, the registration weekend, a very big one. Mm. And when we came out of that, we actually hosted uh, an intern a conference with the other election management bodies mm. who came to learn a few things from South Africa about thirteen of them and some other international guests. And then in December we introduced the the online platform for overseas cards to
2: register
1: mm. uh, to vote, which was for the first time. Uh, doing that for this election, and then in January we open with overseas registration weekend, mm. uh, prisoners registration, and then finally. Uh, the registration weekend that we come from 3 and 4 February in all our 23,000 voting stations.
0: Mm. I was going to ask if is this is, is, is this, um, is there anything out of the ordinary? I mean, given your history from provinces and now to the national level of the IEC, and you do say that this year it was the first time you introduced the online registration, which I, I found it quite effective.
1: Oh, it is effective. In fact, we've seen a 50% growth on our international voters roll. Uh, South Africans have taken to it; they found it convenient and user-friendly. And uh, more accessible than them having to travel to long distances to voting uh, stations, which are South African missions. They are not like us, where voting stations are right uh, there within our communities. For them, their voting stations are only at our mission. So where we have no mission, they always have to travel to a different town or city. To access the machine, so the online is extremely convenient for them. But we've also found the domestic, the home uh, online system equally convenient and accessible to a number of voters. Almost 211,000 uh, mm. used it this particular weekend.
3: Mr. Mawetu, this is uh, Sabelo here. Of course. Um, It's election season and we're quite excited. Uh, But, you know, just to give our listeners a little bit of uh, the history into the IEC, um, which was, of course, founded on the 17th of October 1996 as an interim electoral commission created in 1993 to manage the first non-racial election of the national and provincial legislature, which was held from the 26th to the 29th of April 1994. Of course, people would know that uh, prior to the formation of the IEC or the interim IEC, the elections were obviously administered by the Department of Home Affairs under the Electoral Act of 1979. And now we know that the IEC is a permanent body created by the Constitution to manage free and fair elections at all levels of government. I guess my first question from uh, me would be obviously talking about um, the improvements that you have done to um, to say that uh, you've initiated some of the online um, voting for people who are overseas. Um, what other improvements can we look forward to into this election?
1: Well, uh, for this election, uh, we are again um, uh, inviting those who will be candidates and political parties to our other technology-based uh, candidate nomination system. Uh, which makes it accessible for political parties. They do it in their own offices or homes. Uh, and for independents, it will equally be the same. Candidate nomination uh, made accessible wherever the independent person is working, and people who support him or her can access the system uh, and and do the whole candidate nomination process. So. That's another uh, technology-based introduction. And then when we go to um, a special vote application, we will open our WhatsApp line to do that as well as uh, still allow SMS application or allow uh, a website-based applications for special votes. So we are definitely using technology Uh, in various parts of our electoral management as a way to make it convenient, but also to show continuous improvement in how we manage uh, the electoral processes. But very big for this election is going to be the three ballot papers, which is for the first time. uh, and, And voters and your listeners must take time to understand the three ballots. Uh, and which one is for what and which one is for what, because all of those aspects will also help the voter to make an informed choice uh, during the voting process. Each voter must mark all the three ballots, Mm. uh, and they must know that now I'm voting for the province. It's this color. And I'm voting for this party or this candidate. Mm. Now it's a regional to national ballot. I'm voting for this party or this independent. Mm. Now it's the national ballot. Only political parties are on this ballot. Which party do I give my vote? So that's how it's going to work but we will come back to unpack the three ballots, but it's going to be our big talking point.
3: Absolutely. I agree that uh, we can obviously come back to those three um, ballot box, uh, ballot papers that you're talking about, but you also speak about the introduction of online and uh, technology that you are using in this election. And with that, obviously, that brings out new challenges in terms of governance, in terms of data governance. I would imagine. Um, can you just maybe also elaborate on what the challenges are you are you facing uh, with the introduction of obviously technology in this election?
1: Um. The introduction of technology has not really posed a problem. we created a very stable environment, an accessible environment. Yes, here and there, it's overcrowded and uh, it becomes slow and shuts people out. But it's purely because all of us wait for the last moment. Mm. Uh, for instance, right now, we're encouraging all of those who missed the weekend to go online and register and update their details, so that when the election date is proclaimed, uh, people are not rushing uh, to go online. They are already registered. So we encourage all of those who still have to sort out their registration to go online now, so that we don't lock up the system. But in terms of challenges on the systems, we're pretty good. You know that uh, we have this voter management device of ours that we used for registration of voters. The maps worked, the uploads of addresses worked. Basically, any, any of the five million people came to the stations to register and change their particulars in November and last weekend. They already have addresses on the voters' roll. So our technology is working for the country.
0: Mm. Mr Mr Morrissey, again. Look, I think I can I mean give you guys huge credit about the way you've carried out this year's election registration, particularly the online one. But I should say um I was one of those that had to Uh, redo this online registration a number of times until it was accepted. So I think those teething challenges coming to the next election, maybe local and going forward, those should be fine and sorted. And we really appreciate your effort there.
1: Oh, certainly, uh, we always look for areas of improvement. We did identify the issue around recognition of an identity document, depending on the kind of photo mm. you took of your identity. Yeah. That, w- that seemed to be the major problem. Uh, but we are also able to see what kind of photo you took. And if we are able to verify your details, we complete the registration process for you from our guide. So nothing is lost if you went and created your profile, Mm. you captured your details, and what was giving you a problem is the scamming of your ID. Uh, That we will look at and we'll sort out quite a number of people.
2: Yeah,
0: and and as you were talking with Sabelo earlier on, and just to take a step back, you you spoke about different ballots, uh, colors and stuff, and I'm I'm trying to imagine this walking into a voting station, I, what I should expect, who's gonna give me a ballot, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> movements that goes around. Are you are you? Um, In that illustration of the voting procedure, are you having any voters' education campaigns that you are currently running that would make those um, descriptions to be much more clear and vivid to every voter?
1: Yes, we are running voter education campaigns, but we always say what we do is never enough. Uh, uh, So radio stations like yourselves, we encourage you to do your own a voter education because all of us are trying to achieve that the voter is not intimidated by the process on the day. Voter is able to cast their voice without any pressure and uh, bad influence at the point in time. So we will very much share with yourselves, you can put on your platforms uh, the layout of the voting station the steps are very few uh, obviously many of our voters get uh, confused by political party tables and mm. tents before they enter the vote station. all I can say for this afternoon if you don't want to be confused by those tables and tents just walk right through to the gate There'll be security, there'll be a queue, and somebody will tell you you are number 200 on the voter's roll, and you go in there, you make sure your name is seen, you present your ID, you get your three ballots, you're done, and out. Um, so it's, a, it's, it's really just about eight steps when you are inside there and you can conclude all of them in two minutes to three minutes Mm. so it is indeed a quick process and we found as we do by elections and other elections that the people in terms of parties as much as they are vibrant they keep create uh, a positive vibe on the election day but sometimes uh, other individuals get carried away and want to stop voters and do all the wrong things but No obligation to stop at those tables, Mm. walk right through and get inside the voting station.
3: Yeah, and I think it is really appreciated that obviously the voting steps have been uh, simplified even, even much more. You know, but um, I think one other aspect of, 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 of this election will obviously be uh, voter turnout, which has been a very, very big topic um, over the past few elections. So from the IEC's uh, point of view, why is it important for eligible citizens to vote and what, what potentially can uh, a vote have an impact on?
1: Um, There are a number of reasons that uh, every South African citizen must bother about voting and participating in elections. Um, From the fact that there can never be a vacuum uh, of government, there will always be a government. Uh, And if a government is not elected by its own citizens, then the government is for who? Because the government is for all of us to rationalize and distribute state resources equally amongst all of us. Right. Uh, yes. So in that sense, it's very important that we are all there to elect those who will do that distribution secondly they are making all the rules and the laws to carry yourself Mm. in the country Mm. they'll make rules that you don't like because you were not there or rules that favor them because you were not there Mm. to elect them and put them into office so uh, we 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 say it is a civic responsibility a citizen responsibility to participate To ensure that your country has legitimacy and it's always governed by legitimate individuals that came out of an elective process like the one we are going to have this year.
0: In conversation with Mr. Maweto Monsre, the Deputy Chief Electoral Officer for Outreach at the Electoral Commission of South Africa. This is the midday conversation. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we continue this conversation on the importance of voting as well as the um, the state of readiness by the uh, the Electoral Commission. This is the midday conversation. This is Ubuntu Radio. Ubuntu Radio.
3: A better South Africa, a better Africa, and a better world. A bitter world.
1: Information. Are you planning to travel outside South Africa soon on business or for leisure? Please remember that South African citizens are not exempted from the legislation of the countries they will be visiting. And they will not receive special treatment because they are visitors to a foreign country.
3: This message was brought to you by Ubuntu Radio in partnership with Turco Consular Services. Ubuntu Radio, South Africa's public diplomacy in action. In action.
1: Hi, this is Male, and you're listening to Ubuntu
3: Radio. Welcome back to Ubuntu Radio. If you're tuning to us online, of course, it's on www.ubunturadio.com. If you're on tuning into the DSTV bucket, it's channel triple We're still in conversation with um, the IEC on the state of readiness. Of course, in conversation with us is Mr. Mawetu Mosri, the deputy Chief Electoral Officer of Outreach for Electoral Commission of South Africa. So um, as we were talking, uh, Mr. Mawetu, that uh, b- before the break, we went to you, you spoke about the three ballots that will be introduced in particular in this election. Of course, I myself as a lay person, I'm used to two ballots. You know, I, you, I vote for my provincial candidate or pro- provincial party. And then I also vote in the national um, uh, party as well. So in this election, these three ballots
1: In this election, indeed, it's three ballots. Um, It's the ballot for the province. Uh, So in that ballot for the province, you will choose a political party or an independent candidate. Right. Depending on your choice as a voter. Mm. That Mm. is for the provincial legislature. Others are used to premiers and NECs. Uh, to elect uh, uh, the, the people who will choose the premier, uh, you will use that ballot. It's mm-hmm. for the province. And then you will have, at national level, two ballots. The one ballot at national level is the one that we are used to, which is political parties only. Mm. Uh, there, we choose a party of our choice that we think is fit and good to be the leading political party at a national level, mm. uh, and 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 that ballot will choose the parliamentarians at national level, two hundred of them, mm. because our national parliament has four hundred seats. So 200 will be chosen from the national ballot, which is for political parties only.
2: Hmm.
1: Wow. Now, because the court and the law has been changed, the court decided said include independence for national legislature. Now, the second ballot for national was introduced. So it will be, again, all the political parties that want to be a national and all the independents who want to be a national. All of them will be put in the second ballot, and you will choose whether you go with a political party or with an independent. You can as a voter choose a party on ballot one and a party on ballot two. If you like a different party on ballot two or the same party on both ballots. It's up to you as a voter. You have that choice now. You can also choose a party on the one ballot and choose an independent on ballot number two. Mm. So the that, that's the kind of choice and education that we have to do. This ballot tool for national has parties and independence and it has 200 seats at the national level. And more interesting is that this ballot tool, the 200 seats are divided according to regions. Mm. We have nine regions as in provinces, as a country. So the independent will say, I'm contesting the region of Haute. And the, the other independent will say, I'm contesting the region of Northwest, which means the ballot paper for Houten will always be different from that of Northwest. So you can't say it's the same or you just get this and that, but the color will remain the same, but the candidates and political parties contesting that region would be different. We've also said political parties, if they want, they can contest the one national ballot for 200,000 and contest one of the regions, they don't have to contest all the nine regions. So political parties will make a choice and say, I'm only contesting region of Halting and region of Eastern Cape.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Plus the national ballot. So those are kinds of choices we have put into the system. So as voters, we need to understand uh, your party and which regions your party is contesting and which regions it is not contesting.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> I'm just thinking about this. It's no longer a, a simple voting process of just going and uh, just marking your ballot there. Now, now it, it's a thoughtful process that you need to think deep around the three ballots. And the differentiate of these three ballots you say it's a color.
1: It's a color, but for those who are literate who can read, there will be an inscription at the top to say provincial ballot, to say regional ballot, and to say national ballot.
0: And for the color colorblinds, if someone is...
1: Uh, uh, if yeah. Those will have to be assisted uh, up to the point of... Uh, making their mark on the ballot. We have what we call a universal ballot template. All they need to know from the presiding officer is which ballot are they now handling. The presiding says you are handling a national ballot from region being Eastern Cape. Then the blind person will know which party they want, and then they will insert the ballot on the UPT, which is the Universal Ballot Template. And once it's written correctly, they can mark the ballot in secret and fold it and deposit it. Do,
0: do we have a maximum time? I'm just thinking about this, uh, how, you know, sort of improve it has been i don't know how to say complicated but do you have a, a maximum time each voting person must spend on the ballot box or this person can take as much as they want
1: basically we say as much as you need to make the correct choice yeah uh, we never put two minutes then get out if you, if you are not done in two minutes we just say take your time mark your ballot that's why we supply uh four to eight boots to mark your ballot so yeah. that those mm. who are quicker it goes quick and those who need a little bit more time can have the time in the other booth uh and 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 that's how we manage it uh throughout the day we do anticipate with the third ballot and the uh, finding names um probably even more difficult to find mm. names of independence it may be easy with parties because you have party locals and party abbreviations hmm. but for independence we are using their names and their faces
0: are they alphabetic or in random order
1: maybe uh, it's finding they will be alphabetic but even if we went alphabetic you will find that in between the names of uh, independence there's names of political parties as well
0: Mm. Say, say, for example, well, I mean, this is an actual case that a registered voter in region A or district A is not in that area at the time of voting in that region or district. What happens mm. uh, to them? Will they be able to cast their vote elsewhere?
1: Yes, they'll be able to only cast one ballot if they are not within their province. So if you are registered in the Eastern Cape and you are in the Western Cape on day of voting, you will only get the one ballot for the national uh, ballot uh, for the 200 seats. You won't get the regional ballot and you will not get the provincial ballot.
0: Oh, that now makes sense.
3: And, and, and does this obviously mean that uh, once, once um, you know, the registration campaigns of the third and the fourth that were concluded uh, last week, once that was done, uh, I'm an unregistered voter, but I still wish to participate. Does this mark the end?
1: Yes, you have to visit our offices to register as a voter until uh, the election is proclaimed. So you have the the next few weeks, if the president gives us a date Hmm. uh, and proclaims it, it closes the registration process. So you have the next few weeks to go and uh, register at our offices or to go online.
3: And speaking of online, we saw uh, quite a high number of... uh, youth that was recorded in terms of the online registrations. What what could be the reason behind this? Is it perhaps, um, you know, just the adaptation to technology in terms of the ease of registration?
1: Um, it's merely from access and convenience, and some of the uh, younger professionals have access to uh, wireless and other forms of connectivity. So it's largely driven by connectivity, and uh, convenience, uh, but also, indeed, many uh, marketed it, talked about it, and how useful it was and user-friendly it was. So, from that perspective, we, we, it has done very well. But, uh, obviously, you may be aware that a lot of people have been asking uh, about the various technologies we are introducing in elections and others always present it as uh, electronic voting. We say, no, 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 not there yet. We will <laughs> get there uh, one day. Yeah. But we are not there. But there's lots of technologies that we have. And this one on voter registration has been the easiest one where we found common ground with political parties and other key political
0: role players. And, and talking about the number of registrations that Savel was asking about online, and of course those that are uh, registered in the, the voting stations, do you, from previous experiences, do you see a correlation between the number of registered voters and the actual votes? In other words, um, is there any, um, where the more the registered voters we get, the more actual votes we get if not, what is this sort of a standard deviation from uh, that uh, relation?
1: Obviously, there's no comparison between opening voting stations and uh, the online. Um, with opening voting stations, we get more and more South Africans to participate from every corner of the country. They are able to participate. So for us, the opening of the voting station is the most effective way of uh, of registering. The online, yes, it's there, it's working, it's worth all the investment on it, uh, but it plays a game far, far, far away. Now, when we look at voter turnout for young people, the correlation is in the true. Most of the young people, particularly your 18-year-olds to 24-year-olds, if they register for that election, you are guaranteed to see them come and vote in that election. Mm. It's unlike people who voted before a, a number of times, there isn't a direct correlation that if they register, they will be there. If they update, they will be there. So when we say of oh, the registered voters, so many came to vote, we are also indicating how many people have taken trouble to register and be mm-hmm. on the voter roll, but do not turn up on voting day. They just become lazy and postpone and postpone and miss out. So currently the 27.4 million is the number we are working on as a target for voting day. If all 27.4 million were to come on voting day, we have enough ballots for all of them, they'll be able to vote. So it is for parties, <coughs> excuse me, and for us to encourage everyone to come out and vote on election day
0: maybe maybe let's get the e-hailing services and the buses to bus them to the station <laughs> that's the, the simplest uh, solution but in the future are you seeing um uh, online voting as much as you guys have introduced the online registration
1: not very soon um, because there's a fundamental uh, consideration that the country must talk about dialogue about mm. Uh, Do you want to allow South Africans to have different experience of voting? This is what I mean. Yeah. Those that can afford connectivity and vote by internet, I say yes, vote by internet. Hmm. But if you are poor and you cannot afford the internet and wireless, you must vote by paper and queue for many hours. Hmm. That's one question, excuse me, that as a country we need to debate and dialogue. The second one is a question of saying, do you really trust internet with voting? Or you are better off with a piece of paper that if unsure, you can recount it in front of you. Mm -hmm. than something written digitally and people tell us that it's also easy to manipulate and do whatever so with the electronic or online voting there are still too many questions that we've got to talk about as a country Mm -hmm. we've done sufficient research as the commission we started projects to introduce our political parties And we'll continue the dialogue uh, with South Africans on what is meant by online voting, electronic voting, uh, and the various methodologies thereof. And they will look at that and finally reach somewhere as a country. But we also worry that some uh, very modern democracies did introduce electronic Mm. voting, Mm. but they've turned around and, come, back. and came and yeah. came back to a paper ballot. Mm. We need to hear them uh, and understand what went wrong with the electronic voting. Why did they come back to the paper ballot?
3: A very very important conversation, I think, before we go there. Um, mm. As you as you've said that we've seen, particularly in the West. Uh, speaking of going back to the paper, to the paper ballots. But, um, Mr. Mosier, just to close off our conversation, um, of course, uh, political parties are now in uh, almost full campaigning mode and so forth. And, you know, you even uh, made us uh, painted a scenario for us on the particular day of the election where, you know, you could, we would get hounded by these political parties to make sure that you cast their vote and, um, uh, what should uh, political? When should political parties stop campaigning? And also, what are the IEC guidelines for those political parties who contravene? Um, what happens on the day of elections?
1: And our South African framework, um, we don't actually stop campaigning. Um, so we don't have a start date for campaigning. So in South Africa. Whenever you are ready to ignite your campaign as a party, as an independent, you can, you can go for it. It's really your resources, your capacity to run your program of campaign. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, an, it's an open uh, space. Hmm. What is limited um, in the South African space is campaigns on radio which is governed by ICASA. They say 48 hours before voting, uh, no more campaigns on radio or adverts paid for by political parties. Mm. (laughs) That's an ICASA regulation. Uh, But it doesn't stop campaigning in communities. In communities, even on voting day you can continue with different types of campaigns. What the law says is that these types of campaigns you can't do on voting day, Mm -hmm. which is calling a meeting, calling a rally, doing a protest march or any form of protest on voting day, that you can't do and then campaigning within the voting station boundary that you can't do. So those are the four limitations you have with campaigning in South Africa. Not within the voting station, no meetings, no protests, no rallies. Other things like loud hailing, hey he come out, uh, let's go to the voting station you can do. Sending new SMS to come out, that you can do. Uh, Giving people your T-shirts, you can still do all Mm. of those things as forms of subtle campaigning, not the big meetings. People can only do one thing on election day, go to the voting station and vote and come out of there.
3: Absolutely. And I think um, in in reference to obviously the three ballots again, um, now we're going into uh, counting of the votes and so forth. Is there any projections that the IEC has, has put in place um, to say that maybe the voting would take a little bit longer?
1: Yes, we've anticipated that it will take longer. But our real worry is based on how many political parties mm. uh, will contest this election mm. uh, last election we had 48 parties uh, but there were no independents so if we had the same 48 plus independents we don't know how many are likely to be there if then uh, the total pack of our parties contesting this election is 96 or over 96 We have a different type of ballot paper that will take long to count. So Mm. all of those Mm. we are factoring in. Mm. But by law, we must announce the outcome of an election within seven days. So we will still do that. Uh, In the past, we've done three days to announce the election results. We hope to still do the same. But we won't push ourselves to a point and rush to an extent that probably we undermine the quality of the count. We will still be strict to ourselves that the count is accurate and the result is accurate. And if we can still deliver it within three days, we will give the country that we've planned for that.
0: That would definitely be nice. And in closing... uh there's nothing disheartening than seeing watching TV and reading on the news seeing statues of people being thrown around that you're like I woke up and went there and now they're throwing away all my hard work and you know somehow wasting my time so what what is the IEC gonna do to combat incidences of the past where ballot papers have been seen thrown around and discarded uh, both on the national and provincial side uh,
1: it it, it, it can't trouble us when we see election material uh, all over the place, mm. uncared for, or cared for by incorrect people. It, it, it just gives a distaste. We hate to see that. We have very detailed plans of our rollback and storage of used ballots. And by law, we have to store them for six months. Mm. So. It's a very strict and and controlled environment, although it has not happened in recent times, but it is an area that we know uh, our citizens have been worried about what happened then. But your comfort in terms of your ex is this. Remember, we count as we close the voting station without moving that ballot box. Mm. We open it, we do the count at that station with the party uh, agents there, uh, the international observers, the domestic observers, everybody is still there. We do the count. If media is there, we do the count in front of all of those people. And then, two. when we complete the count, we also complete a result slate, like a report of the results of that station. Mm. And as we conclude completing that result, all the party agents and observers who are there, they co-sign the result to say, yes, what is recorded here? is true to what we counted at this station. Mm. The box has not moved to the yeah. station. It's still there. Then they put all of these things together. They use ballots into a box and we seal it in front of all these people. And then we take the result, we seal it in a tamper proof envelope in front of all of these people, which means, if the official were to try and open the result slip on the way back, the envelope will show that I was tampered with. Okay. And we have only one supply of this envelope per voting station, so you can't make a mistake with it. Right. So that is to protect the result and... To protect what is on the results keep, we still rely on party agents and everyone else who has them. So when you see ballot boxes being collected the next day, in truth, it has no impact on the result because it's already counted hmm. and the result has already been sent. Probably yourselves as the media, you have that result by then. Yeah. But the mere appearance of that mishandling is a problem for the integrity of elections and the country. And we don't want that to happen. And we always plan for perfection.
0: Definitely it is. Mr. Mosri, your final words to all the voters that are looking forward to the next election?
1: Uh, let's make this an exciting election. Let's all go out. Let's make a choice. 30 years of our democracy. Indeed, let's say to all of those who got us here 30 years ago, you did a good job and we are maintaining it. We are growing it. Let's go out there and vote. Let's start by encouraging those we live with who are not registered. Let's get them to register online or visit the offices of the IEC in the various municipalities. Thank you.
0: Mr. Masri, we thank you for your time uh, and such insightful conversation. Uh, All the nuggets you've shared, definitely our listeners will make good use of them. Uh, Thank you once again for your time and uh, engaging with us.
1: Thank you very much.
0: That was Mr.